Hollow Mountain Publishing presents My Castle, Book Two of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 17, Tyler's News Jackson came out to meet Katie's entourage as she pulled into the parking lot. She had contacted him, telling him of their arrival. His features pretty much told her he still wasn't happy with her. He greeted the pure hearts with courtesy and had them immediately follow him into the compound. He handed them off to Miss Smith and a few other seekers. Katie flicked her keys on her hand wondering if she dared to turn around and leave again. If you leave, I will find you. Jackson's back was to her, but his thoughts were obviously meant for her only. She debated about leaving anyway, then gave a sigh and followed the pure hearts into the compound. She saw Tyler a few yards away. He grinned before sauntering her way. Boy, am I glad to see you, Tyler said with a grin. Jackson has been storming around here for hours. I have not been storming. Jackson's back was still facing her, but he was obviously paying attention to everything she did. Oh, yeah? Katie eyed Jackson's back. What has he been doing? She watched his back as it straightened. He's been biting everyone's head off, shouting orders and making a butthead of himself, Tyler said with a grin. No one knows why he's in such a bad mood, except for me and you, of course. Tyler, don't you have somewhere you're supposed to be? Jackson turned, his expression tense. Tyler grinned. No, not until you're ready for me. Katie gave Tyler a puzzled look. Jackson's dad is here, waiting in the office to hear what news I have, Tyler explained. I pretty much figure if Jackson didn't kill me the moment he saw you in my arms, I'm pretty safe. He's probably not going to kill me for just talking to you. Tyler, get in the office now, Jackson belted out the order. Shrugging, Tyler gave her a wink before loping towards the office. Katie looked around the compound before following Tyler. She could feel Jackson's eyes on her back. She opened the door and looked back, giving him a casual, Are you coming? before entering. Let me get this straight. Katie pinched the top of her nose to relieve the tension. Almost every Indian tribe in the nation is transforming into were-animals? Tyler nodded. Apparently, it starts out in the Indian tribe and graduates out to other people in the area. The Indians are the ones who are the leaders, the ones in control. And they're not all in the cat family. The were-animals are not always cats? Out west, they're wolves. And apparently, up north in Idaho and the Dakotas, they're turning into bears. The people I met were on a type of mission to explain to the other tribes. They were telling the other tribes they were not alone and to help with any questions or problems they might be having. They have no idea we live here. They would have completely skipped us if I hadn't run into them. Did they say anything about the leaders? Jackson was standing by the door, his posture still tense. Who are the ones who started this process in the first place? Tyler shook his head. Secrecy is at an all-time premium, 
They had no idea what exactly they were supposed to be fighting, but they said to beware of people in your group that may turn traitor. What are the signs to look for? Katie asked. Besides the obvious, of course, thinking of Lizzie. Tyler frowned. They have more money than they used to have. That describes me, Katie interjected as she looked around the room. My mom is making a lot more money than we used to, hence the renovation of the plantation home. They always crave power. You start catching them in lies, and they're gone without any explanations. There is something else, Tyler piped up. Apparently, we are bulletproof. Katie and Jackson stared at Tyler, dumbfounded. Tyler shrugged. I thought it was pretty cool. Jackson's face hardened, his eyes turning into slits. When we were first brought here as seekers, we were held at gunpoint. We were told if we made the smallest infraction, we would be shot dead. It was a lie? Katie asked, her heart going out to Jackson. They actually had no hold on us at all. Jackson's words were hard, his voice soft. It was one great big bluff. You did what you had to do to stay alive, son. Jack Price's voice boomed into the room. Katie looked over at Jackson's dad in surprise. He had been so quiet, she had forgotten he was in the room. How do we know it's true? She looked around the room. Just because I'm told I'm bulletproof doesn't mean I'm going to test it out. Tyler chuckled, shaking his head. You've got a point. I'm not going to jump in front of a gun just to see if it works. Jackson shrugged. There are a lot of other things with greater fighting power than a gun. If they had to, they could use something bigger and blow us all to hell. They gave us papers that had recipes of weapons that would work against what we are fighting. Like some kind of landmines as made out of material you can get at Walmart. Tyler pulled out of his pocket sheets of paper that looked like they had seen better days. Jack Price reached for them and started shifting through the papers. His brows knitted in concentration. Landmines? Katie frowned. Princess Diana would have a fit. All eyes turned in her direction. What? My mom loved Princess Diana. One of her causes she fought for was getting rid of all landmines. We can't have a battle and then leave the area. Later, we accidentally blow off some hiker's legs because we missed a mine. Isn't the Smoky Mountains the most visited national park in the world? We can't accidentally be blowing people up. How do we know we can pick the battle site? Jackson interjected. All the battles we've been having was the bad guys attacking us. Which pretty much leads us to the ability to pick the battleground, Tyler said with a grin. Jackson nodded. I see your point. So far, all the battles we've been having are Seekers attacking Pure Hearts. I doubt anyone is going to send Seekers. Katie looked around the room. They're not going to make the same mistake and send Seekers, only to have them decide to not follow orders and join us. Jackson nodded. Malice? Tyler cleared his throat. The three individuals I met said something about wolves. Katie blinked. We already talked about werewolves. I'm not talking about werewolves in the way you are, Katie. I'm talking about werewolves that if you're bitten, you turn into one. You can't kill them unless you have a silver bullet. Except I think we can kill them. Katie stared at Tyler dumbfounded. The next thing you're going to start talking about is vampires, she said, trying to make a joke. Tyler looked at her and shrugged. Vampires? 
Are you kidding me? Look, the only vampires I want to know about are the ones with gold eyes. They live in Washington State in a town named after silverware. Tyler grinned. We are mythical beings, Katie. No one believes we exist, and yet here we are. The stories and legends of evil beings can be just as real as us. Something has happened, Jackson said quietly. Something has happened to tip the scales, and the great spirits who are in control for good are trying to fight back. They are creating us to help fight against the evil. Except, he pushed against the door and started pacing the room. The evil started turning pure hearts into seekers that helped their cause, until we were finally able to break free of the cycle. Jackson faced his dad. They're going to come after us before we get stronger. It is going to be soon. He brushed his fingers through his hair in agitation. This full moon or the next, they are going to come at us with everything they've got. Why the full moon? Katie asked. Why not now or tomorrow? They are the most powerful on the full moon, Jackson shrugged. It's hard to explain the pull they have over you. You fight against the control the whole time you're following orders. It's an actual tangible force. When they give you a command, it's almost impossible to disobey. Almost, but not impossible, Katie interjected. Those seekers disobeyed the last full moon and the others once they made up their mind to help. The pool lost its power. It's a mind game, Jackson explained. They convince you you have no free will, when actually the choice is in the seekers' power all along. If you try and hold them in pens... They go completely crazy, busting up the pens to get out. But if they decide within themselves to change, they have no power over you. There was a slight knock on the door, and a man poked his head in. Are you ready for me, or should I come back another time? Come on in, Jack Price said. This is our accountant. He has been watching certain money transactions for us. The accountant laid down some files on the table and looked around expectantly. The money trail I had been following bounced around a couple of European banks, but now entered back in the USA. It is sitting in a bank in New York City. Katie raised her eyebrows. What money are we talking about? We are following the money I used to pay for this property, Jack Price explained. If you follow the money long enough, you can get to the bottom of who is in charge. Katie exchanged a quick look with Tyler, then looked at Jackson. You knew about this? Jackson nodded. Someone with a lot of money is pulling strings. You have to find out who it is, one way or another. Katie's heartbeat accelerated. I can see your logic. This is really smart thinking. Jackson shrugged. My dad is a really smart guy. Katie looked over at Jack Price, who was beaming at his son. The accountant cleared his throat. Now the activities of the seekers. Katie and Tyler looked at each other. Their expressions had the same blank look. Jackson chuckled. The credit cards I handed out to everyone, we didn't hand them out just for the goodness of our hearts. You're keeping tabs on everyone, so if they go out of the area or their habits change. Katie frowned. She didn't know where her credit card was. Everyone seems to be staying in the area. They are all paying attention to their limit and are spending on items they need. The accountant frowned. All except for a K. Johnson. This individual didn't use the card at all, then seemed to have gone on a spending spree. 
he or she has spent $5,254 in the last two days. Katie's heart dropped. Without thinking, she reached out with her mind. Justin! Yes, ma'am. Katie turned around and looked out the window. She felt Jackson and Tyler immediately enter into her mind as Katie asked Justin, You spent $5,254 on my credit card? I can't explain. Justin's thoughts instantly became cautious. That's why I'm asking. She brushed her hair out of her face in agitation. Everyone needed clothes, and so I passed the card around to all the pure hearts. You said there was a limit. I just thought the limit would eventually kick in. Where is my card now? Katie grumbled. I gave it to Mrs. Black. She was having a hard time paying for groceries. I didn't think you would mind, because she's a black. Katie turned back around. Jackson and Tyler both had identical grins on their faces. She decided to ignore them and face the accountant. I'm Katie Johnson, she said to the accountant. I needed some things. The accountant tipped his head towards her. You needed $5,000 worth of things? He said the word things like it was a four-letter word. Yeah, Katie's face was heating up. A girl needs things. The accountant looked down at the paperwork in front of him. Might I suggest Miss Johnson have a limit like everyone else in the compound? Jack Price gave his son an assessing look. What's your take on this? His face split out into a grin. Jackson gave the accountant a shrug. If Katie Johnson wants to spend $5,000, let her spend it on whatever she needs. He leaned over. You probably need to issue her another card since she doesn't have hers. He glanced up, giving her a wink. Katie has given her card to the pure hearts. This is highly unusual. The accountant appeared flustered. There are certain controls that need to be in place. Welcome to the world of Katie Johnson, Jackson said with a grin. Jackson handed a list of names of every pure heart that had just entered the compound to the accountant. He informed him they were also be needing cards. The first one on the list was T. Sanders. Seeing his name, Tyler immediately shook his head. I don't need a card. Jackson frowned. It's just procedure. All the same, I don't like the idea of someone knowing where I am and how I'm spending my time and money. It's not that I don't trust you, Jackson said evenly. I trust you with my life, Tyler shrugged. I've been thinking about leaving anyway. Katie's heart jumped into her throat. She didn't like the idea of Tyler leaving so soon. Why? We had the Lizzie problem almost completely figured out. Tyler shook his head. It's not that. I feel like I need to find out more information, see what we're up against. If that is all, it appears I have some extra work to accomplish. The accountant took his leave. Katie watched the man leave before turning back to Tyler. You don't have to go. Tyler gave Jackson a quick glance. I believe it's best if I go, Katie. Jack Price got up. I believe it's time I take my leave. He reached out for Tyler's hand. I hate to see you go, son, but I understand why you're doing it. He gave Katie a smile before slapping Jackson on the back, giving his son a big grin. See you later, Jared. The moment Jack Price left the room, 
The tension between Jackson and Tyler was back in place. Katie stared at the two guys suspiciously. She entered Tyler's mind. Like I was telling you before, I trust you with my life, Jackson was telling him, but not with Katie. Tyler's thoughts were cautious. Jackson folded his arms, his mouth set in a tight frown. He gave Katie a look. She didn't understand. Grabbing the door, he opened it and stepped out, slamming the door behind him. Is he telling us he trusts us to be alone? Katie asked softly. Tyler let out a derogatory laugh. Let's go. I don't want to give him a reason to kill me. Katie rubbed her bottom lip with her teeth. I hope this works, Jackson grunted. He was lying next to her in the tall grass, a fallen tree limb in front of them. He had binoculars glued to his face, keeping watch over the highway and the parking lot of the diner in town. Tyler was having lunch with Candy and David. They seemed to be having a good time. Katie sat up a little and peered into town. Finally, she recognized Lizzie's car pulling several blocks down from the diner. She reached out and tapped Jackson's arm. Over there. She raised her own binoculars to get a better look. Lizzie got out of her car and walked behind the buildings out of sight. The trap is set, Jackson grinned. Tyler, Katie said to him privately with her thoughts. Lizzie just pulled in and is behind the diner. She watched him as he casually got up from the table, laughing and joking with David. David casually draped his arm around Candy's shoulder. A knot formed in Katie's throat when she saw the action. She lowered her eyes. She didn't want to see David and Candy together. They were obviously close. Jackson grunted again, looking in her direction. He was eyeing her carefully. Sometimes she didn't like the idea he could feel her every emotion. It was like she was on national television broadcasting her feelings to everyone. Katie, are you okay? Tyler's thoughts were concerned. She lowered her eyes, avoiding Jackson's gaze. Yes, I'm fine, she said quickly. You will find Katie feels deeply about a great many things, Jackson retorted to Tyler. Your emotions are going to swing so fast, you're not going to have a clue what's yours and what's hers. Tyler chuckled. It's a lot better than Lizzie's hatred. It was continuous and always constant. Can we please get back to testing Lizzie's projection? Katie could feel her face heating up as the two guys were discussing her like she wasn't there. Jackson chuckled and peered back into the binoculars. There she is. She's hiding on the other side of the diner, out of sight. Tyler walked out with the couple. He gave Candace a hug. He reached over and shook David's hand. Katie reached out and entered his mind. She listened attentively as David laughed about something Candy had said. He smiled down into her face. She didn't want to see the tender look as he grabbed her hand. Are you sure you don't want to ride? David said. Tyler shook his head and waved them off. He thrust his hands into his pockets and watched the couple leave in David's jeep. He stepped out onto the parking lot, casually looking around. I don't see any cars on the road at all, Tyler's thoughts said. Katie looked out. Sure enough, what is usually a very busy time of day, the road was completely clear. Pulling out of Tyler's mind, she looked at the road in front of her. The road was full of cars speeding by. 
She's projecting it all clear. Jackson grunted, keeping his eyes on Tyler. She's a good 300 feet away from the road. She has been practicing. Katie reached back into Tyler's mind. How far do you think she can project? Jackson shook his head. To think I'm the one who taught her how to do it on demand. His voice sounded disgusted. Tyler gave a sigh. Okay, here goes. Katie could feel him, reaching for Lizzie's connection, blocking it in his mind. The cars appeared in front of Tyler. It's working, Katie whispered to Jackson, who only grunted again. Tyler walked up the busy street. He casually looked around. What are you waiting for? Her heart was pounding so hard, it felt like it was going to jump out and do a jig right in front of her. Be quiet, Tyler and Jackson said at the same time. She gave an offended hump, then kept quiet. She pulled in and out of Tyler's mind so many times, she was starting to feel dizzy. Tyler waited until a great big Mack truck was heading in his direction. He proceeded to walk up to the road and cross it. Just before he stepped out in front of the truck, he stooped down to tie his shoes. The blare of the horn sounded. The wind from the truck blew his hair around. The actual truck was only inches from his head. He stood up and crossed the road. Just when there were no cars, Jackson chuckled. She is so disappointed. Katie had been so busy going in and out of Tyler's mind, she hadn't even looked in Lizzie's direction. Pointing her binoculars, she could see Lizzie kicking a garbage can, her frustration clear. She walked behind the building out of sight. That was a first-class tantrum, Jackson pointed out. Who would think she could be so bloodthirsty? I knew, Tyler said. He was standing above them, grinning broadly. Once you've been in a mind of a psycho, there is no going back to the civilized world. You gave me a heart attack. You had to wait for the biggest thing on the road before you crossed? Tyler chuckled. No, I was waiting for a pause in the traffic so I could casually walk across the road without appearing to wait for cars. Oh, that makes sense. I'm a free man! Tyler yelled to the sky, his joy contagious. Katie smiled up at him. You don't have to go anywhere, you know. Tyler frowned. I have to do this, Katie. She nodded, accepting his decision. She was going to miss him. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. If you are enjoying this series and would like to help support it, I have created a pod fan and Patreon account where you can donate. The best thing you can do is tell your friends and family about this series and let them participate. Until next week, when our imaginations meet again, have a great day.